She's back. More than a decade ago, she led the U.S. team to gold, silver, and two more world championships. Kat Osterman is a certified softball legend, and she's back for one more Olympic game this year in Tokyo. She officially retired in 2015, but Kat Osterman hasn't stopped training. Softball wasn't scheduled for London or Rio, but once it was announced for Tokyo, she determined to make the roster. The left-handed pitcher is expecting to help the United States take home gold once again. She's doing more, though, mentoring young athletes in Texas and mentoring younger women on the U.S. team. The most important thing, Osterman says, is that she wants to be remembered as a Christian. She came to faith later in life but she's faithfully using her voice to point people to Christ. Paul was also untimely born, but the Lord used him mightily. It's never too late to come to Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this final Friday in July, we're wrapping up the first week in a two-week-long series called In His Image. We're almost at the midpoint of the Olympics, the countries that typically dominate are doing just that. The U.S., China, Russia, Japan is doing very well with the extra boost of home team advantage. But when you scroll down the list of countries that have won medals, there's a story to be told at the bottom. With 260 countries competing in the Games this year, only 59 of them so far have won at least one medal. That means there are 147 countries so far who have yet to receive an award. That could sound discouraging, but this shows the true Olympic spirit. Just being there is award enough for the athletes. Sure, they want to win, but there's something rewarding in just being an Olympian. Watching the Olympics reminds me even more about how we are made in the image of God. And when we come together on the world stage, people from every tribe and language, even if just for a couple of weeks... It reminds me of what's to come when Christ returns to this world. And until that day happens, Christians have a high and holy calling to proclaim the good news. Yes, we were made in the image of God, but that image has been marred by sin. But the good news is that Jesus has come to recreate, to make us new creatures who love God and want to glorify God in all that we do. And that's really what our series has been this week. How does the understanding that we were made in God's image change the way we think about ourselves, especially in light of the fall? Well, today we're going back to Genesis. We'll hear more about that story and how God shared with Adam and Eve a great reminder that he would send someone to deal with the serpent and our sin all week. We've been talking about how sin has affected our image-bearing status, especially our sexuality and confusion with gender. And we've been offering a very helpful documentary on this subject. I asked the producer of the film, M.D. Perkins, to share with us his goals in making this movie. We want Christians who are unclear, uncertain on these issues to become settled in their minds and their thinking, to become clear about what God has said and what God intends through Scripture. We want those who, who are maybe hardened in their heart toward those who are same-sex attracted or those who, who have confusion over their gender identity to have a compassionate heart in, in terms of outreach. 
And we want Christians to be able to stand firm in the culture. So we wanted to bring clarity and conviction on, on all of those fronts. And the idea is, you know, we want, we want the church to be able to stand firm in the current mm-hmm. age because there's so much capitulation and compromise and erosion that's taking place all over the church and individuals are are being won over and um and denominations are are being brought in on this christians need to be be able to have a clear answer to this because obviously i don't think any of us would have chosen this to be the battleground of our age. Hmm. But we yeah. don't get to choose the battlegrounds. <laughs> they, they just emerge. Right. They're brought out in the midst of all of this by where everything is headed. And so this is the battleground. Whether we like it or not, we have to be able to, to have clear, compassionate, honest answers to the questions of how did God make us? What did God intend? What does God's word say? And how can Christians stand compassionately and boldly in this culture and reach the world for Christ? I like those goals because they're so Christocentric. And I believe M.D. Perkins achieved his goals after making in his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. This documentary explores this topic compassionately, biblically, and it will help you better understand what it means to be made in God's image. I know it will give you hope that God is working to redeem many who are confused today and will give you a compassionate heart to pray that everyone finds their identity in Christ alone. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Check out the long trailer we have there for In His Image, and then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with a song from a hymns album recorded by Bart Miller. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpour. There where the blood of the Lamb was spilled Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that will pardon and cleanse within Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that is greater than all our sin
Hymned Again album, Bart Millard opening this haven today in grace that is greater. I'm Charles Morris. Everyone that you and I have seen and spoken with this week has something in common. They are male or female, have different political leanings, and are from different ethnic backgrounds. But they are all human beings. To put it another way, everyone we know is made in the image of God. So, Here we are at day five in our series called In His Image. We've seen that our Lord created everything and gave Adam and Eve everything they could have wanted or needed. We serve and we worship a good God. And this good God made men and women in his image so that they could rule the earth for his glory. He made them for each other. He gave them marriage as a picture of Christ in the church. If only things would have stayed the way they were in Eden. Besides realizing that everyone who's ever lived is made in the image of God, you and I also know something else. There is a problem in our world, and that's putting it mildly. This earth is broken. Yesterday, we were reminded that the first human beings made in the image of God rebelled against their creator and king. They broke his law and sided with his greatest enemy, the devil. It's as if they spit in the face of their good and loving God. Well, today you and I are looking at our Lord's response to the serpent, Satan, in Genesis chapter 3. There it is in verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Right here, as the Lord is declaring the curse because of sin, we see the first mention of grace in all of the Bible. The word grace is not used, of course, but the concept is certainly there. Have you ever done anything wrong? (laughs) Why do I even have to ask? I suspect you're like me, which means you have more than once. But have you ever done something wrong against someone only to have that person treat you with great kindness? Well, that's what grace is. God's grace. It's his favor and kindness to those who deserve the exact opposite. Adam and Eve sinned against their king, and so have we. They deserve death for their rebellion, and so do we. But wrath and judgment are not God's final word. Instead, he gives a word of grace to his fallen image bearers. At Haven today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. And Genesis 3.15 is where Jesus the Messiah is first promised. It may not look like much. The Lord says to Satan, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Just a few short words in the middle of a curse. But these words mean the difference between everlasting life 
and everlasting death. Right there, as Adam and Eve deserved nothing but judgment, God guaranteed and promised a Savior. Genesis 3.15 is the Bible's very first promise of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. A warrior would come to slay the serpent. This is the shocking grace of our Lord. This is the hope for sinners. Jesus often talked about shocking grace during his earthly ministry. Think with me about the parable of the prodigal son. A man's younger son went to him and basically said that he wished his father was dead and gone. He only wanted his dad's stuff. And after receiving his share of the inheritance, he went to a distant country, we're told, and squandered his wealth in wild living. And he ended up broke, starving, and envying the full bellies of even pigs. So he came to his senses, and he came up with a plan. He would try to talk to his father into letting him work as his servant. He would earn his keep. Surely this was a bad plan, wasn't it? If you and I were hearing this story for the first time as Jesus was telling it, wouldn't we expect the father to react in anger? Wouldn't we think that the prodigal son would be thrown right off the property if he tried coming back? He didn't even deserve to be his father's servant, let alone his son. But you know what happens. You probably know the story. While the prodigal was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He even ran to his son, and then he threw his arms around his son, and he kissed him. This isn't how these stories are supposed to go, is it? This certainly isn't how first-century Jewish fathers would have reacted. But the parable of the prodigal son is telling us something real. Our Lord's grace is unexpected and even shocking. And the father had mercy on the prodigal son. God showed grace to Adam and Eve in the garden. And Jesus died for sinners like you and me. What a Savior! What a God! This is the grace that was promised in Genesis 3. At the end of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote these words, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. You and I have been talking about things like sexuality and gender this week. We've seen that God created humanity as male and female, gave them marriage between a man and a woman, and he called it very good. We also know that this area of life has been affected by sin, even corrupted and thrown into confusion, just like everything else, it seems, in our culture. But what we have been thinking about today has something to say to this part of our lives. Things like homosexuality and transgenderism are sins which distort God's image in human beings. But the story doesn't end there. The gospel of the grace of our Lord has something more to add. Maybe you're someone who struggles with these sorts of things, and maybe you don't. We all have areas of our lives where we are tempted in certain ways. I know I certainly do. But is there any sin or temptation that can keep us from the grace of God? Let me put it another way. Is there any type of sinfulness that is more powerful 
than God's grace to us in Jesus Christ? And the answer is certainly not. Whether it's sexual sin, whether it's being a thief or a liar or a murderer or anything else, you name it, there's grace enough for you. Christ came. Christ succeeded where Adam failed. He crushed the head of Satan, even though he was wounded and suffered in the process. This means that absolutely no one is incapable of being saved by God's grace. Not the prodigal son, not Adam, not Eve, not you, not me. Maybe you have heard from other Christians that certain sins can keep someone from the grace of Christ Jesus. If you've heard that at some point in your life, I want to say something to you. I'm sorry. The good news of Jesus can sometimes be distorted, even by those who follow him. In Revelation 20, we read that Satan, called the dragon, that ancient serpent, is bound with a chain for a thousand years before finally being judged and thrown into the lake of burning sulfur forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ defeated Satan during his perfect life and sacrificial death. Maybe you're listening right now from a very low place in your life. You might think that there's no way God could look on you in favor and kindness. Can Jesus save a sinner like me? Is there enough grace and mercy for someone who's messed up their life like I have? Well, listen to the words of Dr. Michael Brown from the documentary called In His Image. Maybe right now God is speaking to you. Maybe you were sexually abused as a child and you find yourself same-sex attracted today. Maybe you came from a very dysfunctional and broken family with no good role models to follow and you feel like you're a man trapped in a woman's body. Or maybe your upbringing was fine and you were never abused, but you just don't seem to fit into normal heterosexual categories. I want you to know that God cares. He's not indifferent to your struggles. He wants to see you completely whole from the inside out. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die for your sins and to heal your brokenness. And it was Jesus who said to a religious Jewish man, not some gross worldly sinner, you must be born again. That tells me that everyone from the drug addict on the streets to the church going mom, every single one of us falls short of God's standards and needs to receive forgiveness of sins and find new life in Jesus. So no matter how you were born, no matter where you find yourself in life today, the message is the same. You must be born again. In Jesus, there really is hope for you. That's the host from the documentary called In His Image, Michael Brown's reminder that we all need Jesus. Remember the prodigal son. Remember Adam and Eve. But most of all, remember Jesus. His heel was struck, but Satan's head was crushed. Because of this, there's hope for broken image bearers like you and me. Trust in Christ. Throw yourself on His mercy. And if you do, you will discover that His grace is sufficient for you, just like it was for our very first parents, Adam and Eve. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide.
Haven today, Chris Tomlin singing for us at the cross, Love Ran Red. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven today. Ever hear one of these lines? I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. Love is love. God made me this way. I'm sure you've heard statements like this as well as many others. Christians today can feel overwhelmed and confused with the subject of sexuality 
and gender. What are we to do? Well, I think that the best place to start is God's Word, the Bible. And that's exactly where M.D. Perkins and his team began when they set out to make their documentary called In His Image, Delighting in God's Plan for Gender and Sexuality. I think we all need to see this powerful documentary because it is rooted in God's holy word. Yes, it does address the confusion that sin has brought to this subject. But even more, it points to the hope we can all find in Jesus Christ, even those struggling with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria. It's filled with God-exalting testimonies as well as helpful and biblical teaching to give you answers and to give you hope straight from God's Word. Why don't you call us right now? Why don't you ask for the double DVD of In His Image? And for your gift to the ministry, we'll get it to you right away. The number you can call, and please call us now. We're answering the phone all weekend, 24-7, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, check out the long trailer that we have there for In His Image, and then you can make your gift and ask for the double DVD at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when again we'll share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Everyone has experienced the frustration of losing something, maybe a phone, maybe a purse or a shoe or something more important. Jesus once told the parable about one of life's greatest losses, a lost son. You and I know this as the parable of the prodigal son. When the son returns, we expect judgment to fall. But what happens? His father takes him back with open arms. The older son is furious, but the father replies, we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. It's a picture of God's grace. If you trust in Jesus, that's how God welcomes you. Open arms. Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word daily. Visit getanchor.com.